temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, King of OX. Back at it on a Monday night here on KMOX. My name's Matt Pauley. On a Sunday, that would be yesterday morning, sports on a Sunday morning. John Mosaloc joined uh, Tom Ackerman. A lot to talk about as the uh, roster decisions continue to uh, get made. We're seeing on just about an everyday basis, another uh, two or three players getting reassigned to minor league camp. But you know, Oliver Marmel talked about it earlier this week. There's going to be a lot of players, like upwards of 10 players, probably seven, eight players who are going to not make the team who have done everything that they needed to do during spring to make the team. So that's just kind of the way things are. This is a really, really deep team. Uh, nonetheless, want to listen in to uh, the conversation that Tom Ackerman had with John Mosaloc yesterday morning here on KMOX. I'm the president of baseball operations. John Mosaloc is with us. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, happy to be here, Tommy. But remember, pre-pandemic, we did a lot more in person. So um, I think we sort of all evolved from the post-pandemic on how we do interviews and so forth. But yeah, it's great. We have a beautiful morning here on a Sunday and uh, looking forward to a nice day of baseball. It's great to be with you. The Cardinals are in Port St. Lucie today, taking on the Mets. Let's start with yesterday. Matthew Liberatore comes out, fires five innings. I know you've had some high hopes with him. That's about as good as we've seen. Yeah, he pitched really well yesterday, and it's great to see. Like What you want to see guys doing right now is, is sort of beginning to sort of peak as they prepare for the season. So, you know, I think a lot of times we, we come down here, we watch games, when things don't go right, we hide behind, oh, they're just working on something. And, you know, it's nice to see guys actually have some success and, and, and do some things. And the one takeaway I have from this camp really has been when you, when you watch – so many of our younger players and how they're contributing, it's been fun to watch. And, you know, clearly our stars are at the WBC. Uh, we're getting a few of them back as, as teams are starting to, to, to um, bounce out of that tournament. But I think reality is, is like as a St. Louis Cardinal fan or someone that works for the team, we've gotten to see a lot of good young players play and, and really keep it competitive. And I was sort of joking with Gary LaRock, he's going to have a lot of pressure now because AAA should be good. Yeah, Memphis is going to be good. Memphis will have a good rotation. Memphis is going to have a, a solid lineup. Uh, and really, you know, you could look at almost any position right now. I mean, is there one area of depth that you're most proud of right now? I, I, I guess I would start with catcher. You seem very deep at catcher to start. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, obviously when you go out and sign a Wilson Contreras, you you, you, you you didn't feel like you had the heir apparent coming for for that. But I will say what you're seeing from some of our younger catchers has been impressive in this camp, and, and that's certainly encouraging. I think, look, right now the biggest competition is what's going to happen with left-hand relief. Yeah. And you look at all these guys that are competing for, for these spots, and, you know, they're really throwing the ball well. And so that part of the depth is great. There's a lot of flexibility in this group, meaning um, some aren't on the roster, some have options. So that's, that's good news for us. So when you just talk about, like, sort of bullpen relief, we have that. We're going to have starting pitching depth, I think, uh, just based on where we are today. Now, things change. People get hurt. But, you know, that part's pretty exciting, too. And I think, you know, there's obviously a lot of competition going on right now in that outfield. And so, um, obviously, Jordan Walker's name is always going to be talked about between now and the time we open. But, you know, when you watch what he's been able to do in this camp, it's it's been eye-opening. Yeah, I've heard you being asked that many times. I've brought it up many times. And the fact of the matter is it's still March 19th. There is still some time to watch everything. And you have a couple of outfielders who haven't even – been able to play in the Grapefruit League for a while. Yeah, I think that that's probably the toughest part when you're really trying to say apples to apples. I mean, obviously, you look at what uh, Lars Newbar did. He obviously had a lot of success for for the Japanese team. Um, you think about Tyler O'Neill, and he, and he played really well for uh, Team Canada. And you know, unfortunately, he was a little under the weather the last couple of days, so trying to get him back into the lineup has, has been a little bit of a struggle. So. I think when you look at sort of where we are today, as you point out, we're at March 19th, but, you know, opening day is coming, and it's coming quick. And you think about where we are exactly one week from today, we're 30 minutes away from a first pitch down in, against Washington. We have 11 o'clock start that day. And so that's a little bit unique in, in that regard. And so there are going to be some, some real decisions that have to be made in, in, in the next seven days. Weighing all of that, there are so many different factors, aren't there? One of them, experience with your club and familiarity. If you know a pitcher, how much does that factor in to an ultimate decision? You know, I do think if, if you're if you're referring more to, to the catching role, if you will, um, I do think that has some value. I mean, like someone that understands sort of the ebb and flow of, of what's entailed during the day, understanding how pitchers work, how they prepare, how they time things is important. So... Um, you know, I, I do think that that has some value. You know, ultimately, I don't think we're going to be at a crossroads where that's a like a massive decision at that moment in time. The good news is, is, is really to echo what you said, is there is some depth there. And so, you know, as, as we get into the season, as the season unfolds, you know, we certainly will be looking at how people are producing, how what type of production are we getting out of individuals, and then determine if we do have to make some changes. Mason Wynn is an exceptional talent, and you've told us that. We've heard that many times. Now we get to see him, and, and here's the perfect example of somebody that has had some time to show what he's going to be and actually what he is right now. Clearly a beneficiary of, of Tommy Edmond being playing for, for Korea, having uh, Paul Goldschmidt slowed by a, a lower back tightness, and so what's he doing with it? He's making the most of it and, and you know i think that's great yeah you know i had you and i've been talking like where would he have been penciled in uh prior to camp i you know it may have looked one way and now it's looking a different so i'm encouraged that these guys are taking advantage of it and you know i think the, the greatest part of these types of camps which you know are unique and you you try not to get frustrated because of the wbc and you don't have your team so when you look at it from the gap glass is half full perspective 
it, these younger players have gotten to really take a, a chance to step up where their career is at and, and change their career arc a little bit because of this opportunity. Tonight, Adam Wainwright will start against Cuba. What do you look for when you see 50 getting out there on the mound for Team USA? Well, of course, I wish him nothing but success as well as uh, Team USA. I think like what you're hoping to see is you know he's able to, to command the strike zone. Um, obviously, as long as he has the ability to spin it, He's usually can survive and have success, but um, you know I think the key is for him to, to be able to get that pitch count up a little bit because selfishly I'm starting to think of like where are we going to be in 10 to 12 days and and will he be ready to to go out and throw you know 80 or 90 pitches when when he's putting the birds on the bat back on on, on his uh, shoulder. So um, you know I think it's what I would hope to see out of this game is both. He and, and Miles get to, to ramp up their, their pitch count, and uh, ultimately uh, one of them gets the win. And Miles hasn't pitched a whole lot. I don't know what to make of that, really. Well, they're, they're not playing a ton, right? And I think, you know, when you're trying to get guys to commit to this, you're, you're giving them commitments of, hey, we'll, we'll use you. And I would imagine managing that is roster is sort of a, a challenge in that regard. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope he can get some some, some – you know, innings, mostly importantly, like fire, fire uh, following his pitch count, get that up today. So when you ask me what I hope for, I, that's what I hope out of both of them tonight. Uh, the lefties, Montgomery and Mats, great to see them continuing to go. And, and, you know, I've talked about Jack with you. I still feel the same way through three starts from what I can tell physically and mentally. He seems like he's in a very good place. How, how do you see him? Yeah, I would I would echo that. I, I think, uh, you know, he is still working through a few things. Um but, you know, he has been able to land that slider when he needs to, and I think that's been sort of the difference maker between maybe the past couple years. And the fact that he, he feels healthy, he's, he's, he's got a very good routine, and from that standpoint, you know, I still believe, you know, sky's the limit for this young man. So, you know, if, if he can, you know, stay healthy, be able to, to land that slider when he needs to, spot the fastball when he needs to, he's going to have success. One other area would be DH and kind of, you know, a utility role, trying to make a decision on that. And, gosh, Taylor Motter had such a good day yesterday. I just don't I don't know. I don't know what, what the end will be there for him because I see Burleson, I see Yepes, I, I see Gorman. I mean, you've got some depth. Yeah, I think that maybe the easiest way to, to sum it up for our listeners right now is is there, there are a lot of moving parts where I could imagine a lot of different outcomes. And and so, you know, a lot of this is going to be predicated on what we end up doing with the outfield. And, and then, you know, there's that sort of trickle-down effect, if you will, or downstream effect on, on who that may affect. So the good news is with this whole group, they're playing pretty well. Um, so that's encouraging. Um I think the group gives us flexibility. So, as, as you've heard me say before, it's not what you look like on, on March 28th. It's really how you finish. So, you know, ultimately, I think we'll, we'll approach the roster that, that allows us to, to uh, you know, keep as many players as possible without having to do any outrights or anything like that and give us the most flexibility moving forward. Last thing, I, I get to ask this a lot, so I want to bring it back to you, and that is the new rules, pitch timer, defensive shifts, uh, bigger bases, just overall now that you've seen a lot of it, what do you think? Well, I think, you know, speaking with my fan hat, I love it. Um, I think pace of play has been great. I think the way things have been moving have been fun. And, and 
you know, I don't hear any complaints in the clubhouse either. So net net, I think it's a great thing. I think you know when lights go on, when things count, I hope we still get the same type of uh, return. Appreciate your time very much. All right, thanks, Tommy. That was Tom Ackerman or Tommy, as John Mosellock refers to him as. I've never called him Tom. I don't. I'm too new. I don't think I could. Uh, he's my boss. First off, so going with a nickname to my boss. I don't. I don't know if that's uh, that's where I want to go. But uh, that was, as I refer to him, Tom Ackerman with uh, John Mosellock. Just uh, just yesterday morning during uh, sports on a Sunday morning, right here on KMOX. All right, um, a couple things real quick. First off, when we come back, uh, we're going to hear some of what Oliver Marmel had to say today. There's a couple developing stories going on with the Cardinals. Also, a little bit of breaking news: Missouri sports wagering bills five fifty six and five eighty one have been perfected by a vote moments ago by the uh, state house. This, is according to uh, Alex Gold, no amendments were added. Bill will have one final reading in the House at a later date. What does all that mean? Alex is going to join us at about 7.35. That's all coming up. This is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. This is America's Sports Voice, GigaMOX. Sports Overline continues here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Have you till uh, 8 o'clock tonight at your service. A Hancock and Kelly edition of At Your Service. They're going to join me uh, during the final segment of the program. Also coming up on a little bit more than 10 minutes, Alex Gold from our uh, Odyssey sister station in Kansas City, 610 Sports. We'll talk with him about sports wagering in Missouri as we are one step closer to that happening. That doesn't mean it's a for sure thing, but we are one step closer to that happening because of what happened in the uh, in the Missouri House today. An update on what's going on in the WBC semifinal game. Mexico has a 3-0 lead on Japan. The winner of this game will take on the United States in the WBC championship coming up tomorrow. Cardinals today, they get the win as they knock off the Marlins by a 5-0 score. They are led by Jake Woodford, who again was just dominant. Five shutout innings, five hits, 
Seven strikeouts, one walk. He now has a 2.04 ERA in spring. For me, it's going to be really, really, really tough to leave this guy off the opening day roster the way he is pitching. It has been uh, nothing short of impressive, and we'll see what that looks like when we do get to uh, opening day. Oliver Marmel met with the uh, media, had a few things to get to. There was a lot of WBC talk today with uh, Oliver Marmel. First off, he did give an update after uh, yesterday. Nolan Arnato had to come out of that WBC semifinal after he was hit by a pitch. He's good. I actually was able to text back and forth. Literally felt like seconds after he got hit, he responded pretty quickly, and uh, he he feels good. Everything came back great. So uh, scary for a minute, but glad he's okay. It would be interesting to see how many seconds actually went by between him being hit by that pitch and Oliver Marmel sending out a text message to try to get an update on what he was going. Uh, Marmel was asked how he felt after Arenado went down. It's part of it. Guys are going to go out there and you can't control that part of the game. Um, You're hoping everybody comes back healthy. And as of right now, we're in a good spot. You know, one of the interesting things about the World Baseball Classic when your guys are in there is you're using the WBC to evaluate those players. You can't evaluate them in Grapefruit League games because they're not playing Grapefruit League games. So you have to evaluate them for what they are doing in the WBC kind of from a distance. Uh, Adam Wainwright pitched pretty well yesterday, got into a bases-loaded jam early with a bunch of soft contact that just kind of stayed on the infield, but then he was able to uh, work his way out of it. Ends up pitching pretty well, and Marmel was very happy with what he saw from Wainwright yesterday. Yeah, Velo ticked up. I mean, that's the main thing we're looking for, right? We know he can do the other stuff. He can spin it. He can locate. And we're just making sure that there's an uptick in Velo from when he left here to when he comes back to us, and we're there. So can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, so that's a good development. That's a really good development. Velocity is up. When he was still with the team in Jupiter, that's what we were talking about a lot, the fact that velocity was not where you wanted it to be. So uh, the velocity moving in an upward direction, he pitched pretty well, and that's all you can really ask for at this point. And once he gets back with the team, and we'll just see what it looks like. And um, But right now, again, you're talking about steps forward. That was a pretty solid step forward for Wainwright yesterday. So that led the conversation to this, and I found this to be interesting. If you're an Oliver Marmel, how do you view the World Baseball Classic? Like, Are you watching it as a fan? Are you watching it uh, just because of your guys that are in it? Like, what, What's kind of your mind space as you're watching the WBC? And uh, Marmel made it very clear what is most important to him when watching these games. Health is the one thing on my sure. mind. Get through the game and be healthy once you're off the mound or taking in a bat. Um, because at the end of the day, we want to make sure we break camp with everybody we're supposed to break camp with. But, yeah, it's still exciting as a fan to, to watch it and, and kind of live some of the moment. Um, I've tried to watch as much of it as possible, not a ton, but I've been able to lock in from time to time. So that's uh, that's kind of all the WBC talk from Oliver Marmel today. Another one of the storylines that's kind of playing out and – we discussed this, was it Friday? Yeah, I think we talked about it on Friday here on the program. I said on Friday that I, I felt like there was a very, like just from a timing standpoint, uh, when it comes to Paul DeYoung, that they were running out of runway to have him ready to be on the major league roster for the regular season opener. That 
because the the talk on Friday was that uh, as he continued to deal with this back issue, that as it lingered on a little bit more, there might be some ramp-up time to get him back to where he needs to be. And if that ramp-up time, say, is another three days, then all of a sudden he's getting back and there's like three, four days left in spring training. And when you're hitting a buck 50, like that's not enough time to really see anything where you would be able to secure your spot on the roster. So what I said on Friday was we were moving in the direction of him starting the season on the injured list because what that would then allow the club to do is basically give him a second spring training at Memphis where he would get healthy, he'd go on a rehab assignment, and he'd be able to get his at-bats and he wouldn't have to try to make the team in three games. Well, a little bit of an update today from Oliver Marmel, and it's pretty clear that that is the direction that we are moving in. Um, DeYoung will not be back tomorrow. We've had a little bit of a setback with DeYoung. What is that? Uh, it's tightening up on him when he bends to take round balls, and uh, we'll have to get a really good sense for that. Uh, here in the middle of the day, I'll sit with our medical department and see where we're at, but as of right now, we're not expecting him to play this week. So he will he will open the season on the injured list. That's the whole. This afternoon, I'll get with the medical department and figure out like what's next or where we're at. But I, I don't want to speak to that until I have real clarity. Like he's supposed that, to play tomorrow, and that's not happening. Was that something that came up this morning? Yeah, he's taking run balls this morning. Yeah. Good. I mean, we can all we can all do the math. Yes, we can. If he's not going to play for a week, well, a week from today is opening. I wouldn't say a week. I would. I would okay. say he's not going to play tomorrow. Let's go with that. Okay. Yeah. Glad I asked. That. Yeah. So that was the interaction between Oliver Marmel and Derek Gould from the Post Dispatch. He's not going to be on the opening day roster. Well, I can say that he's not going to be on the opening day roster. So now, I guess the question is: Is he still in the organization, or is he on the injured list? Like he's going to. I feel like there's a 99% chance now that he's going to open up the season on the injured list. They're eventually going to get him to Memphis and he'll, he'll go from there. And then they just see how it plays out. This, I don't know. I, I, I pause before I say what I'm about to say because it's not totally fair, but I'm going to say it. This is why you have off seasons and this is why not giving yourself an off season can come back to bite you a little bit. And I look, I really appreciate what Paul DeYoung did this off season, trying to right rebuild his swing. And maybe there is zero correlation. Maybe I'm as far off as you can possibly be on anything. Maybe there is zero correlation between DeYoung going hard, basically all off season working on his swing and the fact that he has continued to be banged up here in spring but I don't think it's a coincidence. I just don't. Look at, for the most part, this has been an incredibly, knock on wood, it's not wood that I just knocked on, but you get the point. For the most part, this has been an incredibly healthy spring training for the Cardinals. It has been as healthy of a, of a spring as you can possibly be. And because those words came out of my mouth, I just probably jinxed it and something bad's going to happen in the next week, but we can't run away from reality. This has been an incredibly healthy spring for the Cardinals. And then you have Paul DeYoung, who's had 
nagging injuries from the moment spring training got underway. And he is the guy that just grinded through the offseason trying to redo his swing. Now, look, I get it. I I understand. You're redoing your swing. You're not out there playing in the field. You're not you're not playing games. Like it, it's not it's not like you didn't have a little bit of an offseason. But he's sitting there in the cage. He's doing all this work all offseason long, never giving himself a break. And now it's time to get the season underway, basically. And he's not healthy. And I just I, I have a hard time believing that there is not some sort of correlation between those two things. So sit him down, shut him down, give his back a rest, give everything a rest, and let him eventually get to a rehab assignment in Memphis and see where you go. Because at this point, there's nothing that he can accomplish in spring training at this point. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that he can accomplish. He is not going to be able to be back playing in games in time to make the team. So just shut him down and and go from there and put him on the injured list and let him have some time. And then once he's all the way healthy or as close to healthy as he's going to be, get him down to Memphis on a rehab assignment and go from there because pushing him to try to have him available for the final two or three grapefruit league games. When you've hit a buck 50, it's it's it's, you're not going to accomplish anything. So, at this point, it just makes all the sense in the world for him to be on the injured list, and you kind of go from there. All right, uh, when we come back, we are going to talk with Alex Gold. He works for our sister station, 610 Sports, in Kansas City. He has been all over what's been going on in the Missouri House when it comes to uh, sports wagering in the state of Missouri. It took another step forward. Certainly not a guarantee that's going to be legalized, but we're closer to it. We'll discuss that with Alex coming up in just a moment. Sports Open Line, a great bar sports open line rolling on here on KMOX. A great bar sports open line continues here on KMOX. Well, we might be just a little bit closer to sports wagering in the state of Missouri being legal. Very happy right now to uh, welcome on to the program. You hear him across the state. He's on our sister station, 610 Sports. He is uh, Alex Gold. He is a host of uh, Cody and Gold, plus does some uh, other work as well, both on 610 Sports and on the uh, BetQL app. Uh, He joins us right now. Hey, Alex, appreciate your time. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. It's good. I, look, we, we, you and I uh, had talked a couple of years ago, I think, just about uh, about the, the Cardinals and when you first got the, the gig out there, man. So uh, it's good to hear from you. Yeah, it's great to uh, talk to you, and you're you're killing it over on the other side of the state. I've always uh, I've been so happy since you've been able to get that gig. Uh, but I've recently we follow each other on Twitter, and I gotta say, you've been the guy that I have most closely watched when it comes to all the developments in terms of sports wagering in the state of Missouri. And today what happens is one of the bills gets perfected, uh, but it's likely to officially be approved in the house. uh, But we still have to wait on the Senate. Like, can you kind of give an update on the significance of what happened today? So it was uh, definitely a step forward, right? And you, you laid it out there. The, the bill was perfected. There's two House bills that involve sports wagering uh, that don't have video lottery terminals attached. We can get into that because that's really going to be the issue perhaps on the Senate side. Um, but the next step is more of a formality. There'll be what they call a third reading. It could happen later this week. And that would actually be the final real vote on the sports wagering bill that would pass out of the House. It's very similar 
uh, to last year where a sports wagering bill did pass out of the Missouri House before it ultimately stalled in the Senate. And that's really where the issues, guys, uh, still arise. And, you know, if you're asking me, oh, how, you know, passing out of the House, well, that, that's, that's not going to be an issue. But on the Senate side, whether or not uh, they're able to get a bill passed through there and ultimately sent to the governor, that still is the biggest question remaining. The benefit this go around, I would say, from a year ago is a couple of things. One, timing, Matt. Uh, it's happening a little bit earlier on in the process. You know, we know they have till May 12th or so, um, but this is up maybe a week or two at least ahead of schedule from where things were at a year ago, which is always a good sign if you're trying to eventually have to find compromise. The more time, the better. Is the political climate in the state Senate any different now when it comes to this and the feelings on this than when it stalled out the last time? Overall, I would say yes. And if, for those that don't know, last year, let's back up. The, the holdup there has to do with video lottery terminals. These are essentially, if you, for those of your listeners that ever go to Illinois, they're probably very familiar with these. They're in you know rest stops and others. They're basically slot machines, right, that are in uh, gas stations, rest stops, what, what have you. And there is some belief uh, from some senators, and, and one in particular, uh, Denny Hoskins, who believes that Missouri should also have legalized video lottery terminals and he wants to attach that to the sports wagering bill and he has said in the past that he will not uh, pass or allow a sports wagering bill without video lottery terminals now the entire senate and house more than a year or so ago is more on board with keeping those separate than they were and a lot of it has to do with kansas legalizing it in the last calendar year in another state bordering, bordering Missouri that has legal sports wagering. So the real question, Matt, is going to come down to whether or not that really one senator or so in particular is going to uh, filibuster like he has in the past and otherwise uh, block a sports wagering bill that doesn't have his video lottery terminal uh, amendment attached to it. And that's what remains to be seen uh, over the next couple of months. Yeah, look, I'm a really simple person, and what I've just never been able to understand on this is why we are letting tax revenue go across a river to Illinois, across a border to Kansas, across a border to Iowa, all these bordering states that have legalized sports gambling, and Missouri is just stuck in place. Like, even if you're against it, like, there's just, there's all this tax revenue that's leaving the state. It makes no sense. Right. No, I mean, I think that that's important to know. You're right. I mean, there's some people that are just not for for gaming and, and not for sports wagering. That's fine. Everybody has their, their right to that. But you said it. If you're still someone that appreciates the tax revenue to your state uh, that would uh, go towards education, for example, um, then it's something that, that some people are willing to get behind. I mean, I think there's definitely some legislature uh, legislators, I should say, on both the House and the, and the Senate side that maybe really don't care about sports wagering, um, but they want to make sure Missouri is competitive uh, with the neighboring states in terms of the revenue that's being brought in. And so I think that's what's also maybe won uh, some uh, senators and and representatives on the House side over based off of their constituents and what they're hearing. I I know for sure, at least on this side of the state where I'm at, uh, on on the Kansas side, but near Kansas City, where – uh, there are plenty of representatives that have heard from constituents that they're sick of going across to Kansas. I'm sure you guys hear it on that side, sick of going across to Illinois to wager. And it's not just the sports wagering dollars. You know, people are going across uh, this past weekend for March Madness, maybe, Matt, and they're not just wagering in Kansas or Illinois or Iowa. 
They're maybe staying in a hotel. They're maybe spending money on food. They're maybe buying gas. That's all tax revenue. All of it combined, that's not going to Missouri. Alex Gold from uh, 610 Sports in Kansas City. You're so connected to kind of the the betting public, and, and you talk to a lot of those people. Is is it frustrating for, for people in Missouri uh, just watching this and, and seemingly going nowhere over the last few years? Oh, I think so, no doubt. I mean, that's the number one question that, that I get now over the last uh, year or so is just where is the progress? Is this going to happen this go-around? When can I bet? From my couch, am I going to have to keep driving across the state line? We were joking with a coworker of ours earlier today on my show that I do here in Kansas City, and uh, he texts me or calls me a lot during basketball games. It was actually during the KU Arkansas game, and it's a lot. And he's asking me to make make a wager for him or whatever. And I, I finally got to a point where I, I we joked because I said I'm not doing it anymore, basically. Um, but that that's the kind of stuff where uh, I think everybody has that friend maybe that has asked them. Uh, to help them out because they're not in a legal wagering state. And um, there's now 30-plus states, I think it is, that have legalized sports wagering, and more and more states uh, each calendar year are passing it. And you kind of just – not only is it the tax revenue, but I I think, you know, I'm a big fan, Matt, of letting adults make uh, adult decisions in their life. And if people want to wager on sports and and they're able to hopefully responsibly do that, and for those that aren't able to responsibly do that, uh, of course, that's why it's important most of these bills have problem gaming funds. It's something that uh, all, all these states have been careful about. You know, They'll put aside, uh, let's say it's a half a million dollars uh, for problem gaming because it is something that can be addictive. Nobody's trying to act as if it, it isn't problematic for, for some individuals. It's, it's no different than, unfortunately, the addiction uh, for, for, for alcohol or anything else. But I still am a, a fan of adults making adult decisions. I was curious the other day, I opened up the VPN on my phone and went to a different state to see if I could open up a sports gambling site, and it didn't work. But then I got on my desktop computer, and I did the exact same thing, and a computer doesn't have location stuff like a like a cell phone. And I went to Indiana, and I went to FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever, and I'm not a sports gambler. I was never going to place a bet, but as far as I was going to go, it let me do it. So like, And people are placing illegal bets all the time. There's so many ways around this. I think that's the other thing, that if you're a lawmaker in Missouri, you see the money leaving the state, but you also see people doing weird ways to do it. Like I just, nobody's not doing it because it's not legal. That's right. No, I mean, I think that's important to note as well, that there are people that for years and years and years, because again, it's only been a state issue since 2018. Otherwise it was, it still is federally illegal, but it was, it was always something that you, that you weren't able to do. And people have offshore accounts, you know, the, all the websites that you guys have maybe seen and heard of offshore, the Bavadas and otherwise in the past, or, you do have that local bookie or whatever it may be. Like pe- people have been illegally wagering. It is, you know, an unregulated market still exists out there. Uh, and not only is there the tax revenue aspect, but in terms of those that are worried about the integrity of your sporting events, a regulated environment uh, is going to be a, a, a safer uh, environment to bet in for athletes as well, right? I mean, we're talking about the professional athletes uh, that people are going to be wagering on, and there's you know always some concerns about what that means. You know, do people get out of hand uh, with losing money and and reacting towards a given athlete in a unregulated market? You have no way to to to, to do anything really to to protect that in a regulated market. At least there's an opportunity uh, for you to have. There's some states that are considering actually, Matt, putting certain provisions in bills uh, to have consequences for those that um, go after amateur athletes, right? Collegiate athletes for people sending. Uh, you know, vulgar and hateful DMs to, to college athletes 
Uh, there's some states that are considering putting in legislation in, attached to this to try to make sure there's, there's not any of that going on in terms of having punishment for those that do that. So there, there's always going to be things that need to be in there for safeguards and, and continued um, ways to, to progress forward as we figure out all this even more over the next couple of years. But hopefully by the time we get to May and in middle of May, Missouri can, can finally get this thing passed and, and everybody can have an opportunity maybe by next football season or the end of football season to wager in Missouri. He is Alex Gold. You hear him on 610 Sports in Kansas City, our Odyssey sister station. He's on Twitter, at Alex Gold. If you want to follow along with what's going on in terms of uh, sports wagering getting closer to being illegal in Missouri, I would highly uh, suggest you follow along with Alex on Twitter. Alex, thank you for the time, and uh, we'll probably ask for you again as the uh, developments continue to occur. We really appreciate you being so gracious with your time. Yeah, no problem. Good to talk to you guys. All right, very good. There's Alex Gold joining us from Kansas City. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're one step closer, but still a number of steps to move forward uh, to get uh, sports wagering legal in the state of Missouri. One more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the program. Hancock and Kelly in tonight for uh, At Your Service. They'll join me. I was like, throwing something fun off of them. So we'll do that coming up in just a moment or so right here on KMOX. Starting to wrap up this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Do want to remind you once again about Kegs and Eggs, Thursday, March 30th. Cardinals opening day 10-2 across from Ballpark Village. That's if you had the VIP ticket 11-2 for everybody else. Uh, here's the thing. You get access to a covered VIP area, but most importantly, you get private restrooms. And if you've ever been in downtown St. Louis on that day, you know, A, how valuable being able to go to the bathroom in a clean area is and how tough that can be. Well, it's not going to be that tough if you uh, are part of uh, Kegs and Eggs. All the details, kmox.com slash events. Hancock and Kelly in for uh, At Your Service tonight, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. They're with us right now. How are you guys doing? Great. Welcome back. Well, Glad you've been to be here back. a week now, About a week, you? yeah. Uh, a week ago, it's this past Saturday, so what, nine days now? Yeah. How was it when the uh, weather hit you on Saturday? Were you like, my word, I still wish I was in Florida. You know, it was weird because if you go to a warm weather place in December, when you come back, you're ready for it to be cold. But you when are. you go to a warm weather place in March, there's something in the back of your head that says you're going to come back and it's going to be warm. <laughs> so I was expecting warm weather and I was expecting wrong. Yeah, it was. I went to the soccer game on Saturday. Ooh, Have you warmed up yet? Oh, my word. It was brutal cold. And, you know, we obviously have had colder days, but the wind was whipping through. Yeah. And I was bundled up. Boy, it was it was amazing how loud that crowd was because everybody looked like you know the uh, the kid from uh, toy you know uh, Christmas story, mm-hmm. like you could you couldn't move because you had so much clothes on. But it was so loud there. It was so much fun. I encourage you guys to go. Matt, you've been? Yeah, I, I went. Well, I went to the exhibition against Bayer Leverkusen, and that was an incredible event. And that was a cold night too. That was really. Cold. I got to get my guy uh, Hancock to go. He's he's just now coming into soccer. I'm gonna wait for it to warm up a little bit. I think. That's... Can, uh... We'll it's all right. I've never been a big soccer guy, but uh, these games have been entertaining. I will say that it's fun. It's like I'm not. I'm same thing. I, I've never been a big soccer guy, but it's a really cool thing. It's a cool story for St. Louis. It is. Yeah. All right. So I got to throw this off. All you. right. Come on. I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm younger than you guys, so sometimes I, I look to you for advice, Everybody's or I go back through something and I try to figure out if I did the right thing. All right. So we're still doing the church shopping thing. We go to a different church so yeah, just about yeah. every Sunday. Went to a church. We dropped our four-year-old daughter off at the um, at the nursery. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we go to pick her up, 
were walking out, and she says, a boy hit me. Oh, She doesn't say stuff like that. I don't know if those words have ever come out of her mouth. Oh. And then she gives us even more details, where she was at, that the teacher saw, the kid went into, uh, timeout, the toy that he was playing with got taken away. So there's enough details that it's like, okay, uh-huh. there's something uh-huh. going on here. And getting assaulted at church. Yes. Yeah. So nobody said anything to us when we picked her up. So oh, that that kind of strike said, one. Yes, that strike one. That kind of sat a little bit bad with me. So I I sent a very nice email to him, just saying this is what my daughter said. If there's some truth to the story, we'd like to know what was going on. Yeah. Not trying to be a helicopter parent, but this was a little bit off. And to their credit, they sent yeah. me a very nice email. Yeah. There was a kid. He was hitting people. They didn't realize our daughter was involved. He was hitting another kid and yada, yada, yada. Ah. Did I do the right thing in sending yes. the email to the church? Absolutely. I did? Yes. Okay. Uh, they would want to know. And, uh, you know, you, you got a you got a young four-year-old kid in there, five-year-old kid, you know, if it's even worse. Four, yeah, she's older. four. Oh, it was a girl. Uh, yeah. my. Well, oh, your daughter's a girl. Yeah. The, the kid oh, I don't is, know how old the kid was. Yeah. yeah the boy, I don't yeah, know. It was a boy. Yeah. Hitting on her. Mm. Yeah, that's, a, that's a problem. Yep. That's a problem. Did I do the right thing? Yes. Of course you did the okay. right thing, but I mean, I... I, I don't have any kids I and know. don't intend on it. Yes. So uh but you know. I, I, I'm glad I I'm glad that uh <laughs> awkward laugh. Uh, these are the, the kind of things that I'm not going to uh, have to worry about. Yeah. All right. No, that's that's good parenting there, Matt. All right. But, just just yeah. double check. How long are the what do you you're going to church we call it mass, but how how long is the service? An hour. Yeah, hour hour 15 somewhere in mm-hmm. there. Started at 11, probably was over by 12:15 or uh-huh. so. Yeah. And did she like her experience outside of We believe smacked? so, but yeah. it always came back to getting hit. I don't think she's ever been hit before. Right. Yeah. I think that's and she goes to school. I mean, she's around other kids, but I I think she got whacked pretty good by this kid just based off the uh, what she's saying. Oh, that's well, terrible. That kid obviously didn't see her dad when uh, he dropped her off. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. wouldn't be, he wouldn't be tangling with that, I guarantee you. Guy does kickboxing, I you know. just told us. I know. Kickboxing. Yeah. I do. You get, them, you get out there, have you ever done the, uh, the, I ha- the real so fights? I want to. Uh, I have you hemophilia. Do? So where my blood doesn't clot. Okay. Ooh, that's I, no good. I luckily did not know that until after I was done with high school because, like, I was a high school wrestler. Yeah. I never would have been able to wrestle, play football, all the things I did in high school. I never would have been able to do that if I had any clue that I had hemophilia. Wow. Yeah. Do you take a medicine for that? No, but if I have, like, a bleed that doesn't stop, I'm supposed to have, like, a nose thing that I can sniff that uh-huh. has, like, clotting factor that goes throughout your entire body wow if i i had a root canal a while back and that was a pain in the you know what Uh because my wife who previously worked in the medical industry she had to like in our home she had to put an iv into me with the stuff that morning before i went to the dentist because the the dentist isn't going to have stuff like that you go to like a hospital they'll have that but if you're getting dental work done they don't have any of that stuff wow is it hereditary it is. So I actually got from my mom, which is very rare for women to have hemophilia. So my mom's... I don't think I know any other person that has hemophilia. Oh, well, now you do. Now I do. What about, what about do. your daughter? Uh, she is a, a carrier. We don't know if she is a... Uh, if it's going to impact her. Good. Yeah, so there well, you go. I hope uh, in 30 seconds, what do you guys have coming up tonight? I left my sheet out there. It's good. We're going to talk about the <laughs> Trump indictment that's pending. 
Uh, and we got a bunch of fun topics. As okay, well. that's good. It's Hancock and Kelly. It is on the way next. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Another full two-hour program, six o'clock to eight o'clock. A Gray Bar Sports Open Line. If you ever miss anything, you can always find the podcast. It's available at KMOX.com. Also on the Odyssey app. We'll talk to you tomorrow night for another Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 